Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Teacher Talks. My name is Ben Barber. I am your host for the show. Today, I am so excited because I am talking to someone that I have gotten to know a little bit uh, over the last year and a half, I think. Uh, and, and I'm excited to get to know a little bit more and a little bit deeper today. He is uh, many things. I want to get a specific title from him and, 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 and more information, but he is the Director of Christian Formation at Mystic uh, Congregational Church, UCC, in Mystic, Connecticut. I almost said Mystic, Rhode Island. I don't know why. <laughs> Reverend Aiden Kelly. Aiden, how are you? I'm good, Ben. Thank you for, for having me and for uh, inviting me into conversation. Thank you for being here. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about um, what you do at, at, uh, at Mystic uh, Congregational Church? Sure. Uh, yeah, so I serve as the Director of Faith Formation at the church. Uh, and my coming to the church is uh, the first time this role has existed in our particular congregation. Uh, formerly, staffing-wise, we had an associate minister and a director of uh, Christian education. Uh, so this position sort of grew out of the church's desire to see faith formation from a lifespan approach uh, and to um, really sort of build out um, thinking about faith formation from a holistic perspective in the life of the church. Um, so what I do sort of under that umbrella falls into um, the Sunday school program that we offer on Sunday mornings. Um, as well as the youth uh, ministry and youth programming. Um, I work with Pastor Krista, our senior pastor, um, in piloting the confirmation program for our ninth and 10th graders. Uh, and then all of the sort of adult faith formation umbrella uh, from Lenten programming to uh, faith and film program that we started during the pandemic that has been uh, continued and uh, been a great uh, source of conversation for our congregation. So many different things, uh, including some uh, Sunday morning leadership with um, giving the weekly children's messages during our, our Sunday worship. I love your uh, weekly children's messages. They are they are always uh, fantastic. Um, I, I I love you incorporate uh, children's books quite quite a bit. Uh, you know, every like at least I don't know once once a month, once every once every six weeks or so. Hmm. Um, what uh, what sort of approach? Because because there were different times when I was when I was going to church growing up and and which is the last time that I probably focused on a children's message before producing church. Mm. Um, like sometimes it felt like the, the children's message was just completely thrown together at the last minute. Sometimes it felt like it was on the topic of, of what the sermon was about later that day and whatever the liturgy was like, how do you, how do you craft your children's messages? Because they're, they're, they're wonderful every time. Thank you. Um, I begin with looking at the lectionary. Uh, in our congregation, we're very um, lectionary focused in terms of our preaching and our worship design. Uh, and so Pastor Chris and I usually have a chat in the middle in the beginning of the week and sort of hone in on what our focus is going to be scripturally. Uh, and then I sort of build out from there. So I'll look if often we're choosing the gospel lesson as our focus for sort of the scripture and the liturgy. Um, and I'll read the scripture. Um, there are a number of resources online that are just great partners in, in youth and ch children ministry. Um, so I usually have a few places I visit. StoryPath um, is a great resource um, that uh, is the source of a lot of the books that I share uh, in my children's messages. They have a whole library now archived years back of uh, lectionary based uh, suggestions based on the scriptures each Sunday morning. Um, so that's where I sort of begin. Um, and 
oftentimes uh, the choice to, to, to offer a book as opposed to sort of a, a message or a conversation with the kids on a Sunday morning, it just sort of comes from whatever emerges from the scripture. Um, oftentimes uh, we'll be talking about scripture that is maybe does, isn't heard in the same way for children that it would be heard for the great larger congregation. Uh, and to sort of unpack some of those themes or theological perspectives, I often feel like storytelling is the best way to do that. Um, so usually uh, in those circumstances, I'll turn to a children's book uh, to help sort of get at some of those themes in a way that's accessible for kids. Um, and I like to have fun with them. I think it's a great opportunity to inject some, some sort of lighthearted humor and fun uh, in the service. Um, and I think it's a great opportunity to invite our children to participate in our worship services. Um, so one of the great joys of being back together in person is to get to interact with the kids. So often my I have an idea or a concept for a children's message and it takes shape throughout the week. And I'll sort of imagine it as I'm driving down from Rhode Island to uh, Mystic on a Sunday morning. Uh, and then it sort of changes depending on how the kids, what kids we have there, how the kids respond to sort of the introduction and the questions I may ask of them. Um, but I really just, I, I really enjoy the creative challenge of taking scripture and um, thinking about it through a child's lens. Um, and also as an adult, uh, really gain a lot from uh, often just sort of pinpointing a main focus in the scripture uh, or the Sunday worship and sort of opening up into questions and, and prayer. I love it. What um, what got you into uh, ministry? What made you want to become a, a, a pastor and, and do what you do? Mm. Uh, it's a long story, uh, but it sort of began. You take as much time as you want. Yeah, it began uh, just growing up in the church. My, my parents uh, were very involved, and in, uh, I grew up in a United Methodist church, and uh, the church we went to was in Winchester, uh, Massachusetts, um, Crawford Memorial United Methodist Church, and um, spent my childhood growing up in that church and really thought of my church as a second family um, and uh, sang in the, the boys' choir, and um, my mother uh, spent some time uh, essentially in my role um, leading the uh, Sunday school program at that church. Um, so church life was a big part of my, my upbringing. And, and I always tell our kids, our confirmants that during the sermon portion of our service, we had a balcony in our congregation and all the sort of middle school, senior high aged kids would sit up there. And once it became sermon time, we would head down to the basement where there used to be a nursery school, uh, and just run wild uh, <laughs> during the worship service. Uh, and at some point, uh, I stopped doing that and I stuck around for the sermons and I started to really uh, learn how to receive sermons, because I think it is a discipline and it takes some practice to sort of listen to sermons and take them in and make them uh, meaningful in our own lives. Um, and somewhere around middle school, high school, I started really feeling a strong sense of calling to ministry uh, that was affirmed by my congregation. People would always say, when are we going to see here back? When are we going to see you back here behind the pulpit? And had a really charismatic and supportive uh, pastor in our church at the time where I was Sort of coming in coming of age faith wise um who really encouraged me um and that call has really never gone away uh, there have been parts of my life since then where i really struggled with it um and felt like i was not cut out for it felt like my uh faith perspective uh did not fit into the sort of christian narrative at different times and 
um, seminary, one of the classes that first resonated me with um, was a class called Atheisms and Theologies. And really that class really helped me to think about my faith perspective and to think about it in conversation with really thoughtful athe atheists um, and, uh, and with Christian mystics as a part of that conversation. Um, and so my initial call to ministry for me, it's always been a tension because it's sort of public ministry goes against everything that I am as sort of a natural human being. I'm, I'm introverted by nature. I'm private and um, quiet. Uh, sort of my house is my comfort space. Um, and so uh, the sort of interesting thing about being called to ministry is that it pulls me out of my comforts and sort of where I would place myself naturally or where my energy is naturally. Um, but I find when I'm pulled, when I step into that space, God's there to meet me. And it really pulls out a lot of the things that I'm gifted at, but um, sort of sometimes need a little um, drawing out to access, uh, which is sort of a funny thing about ministry. Um, and uh, yeah, so when I, I went to seminary um, after working at the Williams Mystic Maritime Studies Program at Mystic for a year after undergraduate, uh, I went to Boston University School of Theology for seminary and um continued just sort of that discernment process. And when I moved to Rhode Island, um, I, I started volunteering at Brown University at their chapel. And through that, um, uh, the chaplain there, uh, Janet Cooper Nelson, uh, was a member at Central Congregational Church in Providence, Rhode Island. And they were looking for an interim youth uh, ministries coordinator. I forget what the title was at that time. Uh, but I first thought, nah, I don't know if I'm really meant to work in the church and I didn't follow through. And then a couple of weeks later, um, uh, Janet Cooper Nelson said, Hey, did you ever email, you know, the minister at central congregational church? And I said, no, I didn't, but I'll do it. Um, and that led to some great conversations and I served there for five years and I was ordained at that church. And, um, and then I found my way back to mystic, uh, because I have a connection to the place, um, because I did the Williams Music program as a student and then worked there um, as an admissions counselor for a year after undergrad. And um, I really liked the, the call, the description of the congregation when I was um, looking for sort of my next placement. Yeah. Uh, what, what I love doing in ministry is, is teaching and, and facilitating conversation and exploring uh, questions of our faith. Um, and so I'm drawn to sort of the more teaching side of ministry and, um, and I love that the congregation was 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 trying to create a multi-generational lifespan approach to faith formation, because I think that's so uh, vital for the church. Um, and uh, just have been so blessed to have found this congregation that has been so wonderful uh, for me and for my family and for my ministry. And um, yeah, I just feel really blessed to, to have found it uh, right, really right before the pandemic started. Uh, and so it's been interesting how our experience of the pandemic, uh, both personally as a congregation, has sort of shaped uh, this position because it's, it is so new for the church. Um, right. So how long uh, how long before the pandemic did you did you uh, join Mystic? I started, uh, I think, late October 2019. Um, so I've been there. So you had six months, uh, like, a, like, that. like maybe maybe six months, a little yeah. under six months. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Um, I so I, I find it fascinating. You, I never would have made this connection before this conversation. Um, 
but you uh, you remind me a lot of uh, in in the way that you approach um, ministry of my pastor for the last 15 years um, at a Baptist church in, in Rhode Island, mm. uh, who is very um, thoughtful and, and, and definitely likes the teaching aspect of, uh, of it and, and likes to dive into the theology and the, and, and to ask those questions. As a matter of fact, I believe he's starting a, a show called a question of faith, which is a literal uh, uh, phrase that you used five minutes ago. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, John and I have been terrific friends for the last 15 years. Um, and, uh, and yeah, the, so much of, so much of the story and of everything that you just said, and specifically like the types of struggles that you had and the, all of that stuff reminds me so much of that. And I'm mm. like, I think this is why I've liked Aiden so much for, for, <laughs> for the last two years. Uh, what um tell me a little bit about the uh about the the film the faith in film uh series that that mm. you started doing during the pandemic because because you mentioned that earlier i did not know about that and that sounds very interesting to me yeah uh, so that sort of grew out of uh the first sort of creative thought processes that we were doing uh as a ministry staff as a as a team um to address sort of how we can be connected and gather uh in the midst of the very early days of the pandemic um, and how do we continue to offer programming and opportunities to connect when we can't be together in person? Uh, and so the model uh, sort of emerged to me of watching films that have some sort of faith connection. Sometimes they're very explicitly spiritual or faith-based or Christian-centric. Um, oftentimes they're not, uh, but they have some touch points that we can um, take and 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 have in conversation with our faith. Um, so we. Each month, um, often I pick a film, I, I ask for suggestions as well. So we have sort of a running list uh, and we'll watch the film independently and on our own time, wherever it's sort of convenient for each of us. And then we gather on Zoom. We're still we're still gathering on Zoom um, even this month. Uh, and we meet usually on a weekday night uh, for an hour or so. And um, I create a little slideshow that um, I share my screen for. We use Zoom as a platform. Uh, we begin by watching the trailer of, of whatever movie we watch to sort of bring us back into that cinematic space. Uh, and then usually I'll have some guiding uh, discussion questions, but often the conversation just sort of flows and we share our responses to the movie um, and how it's connected to our faith and what themes sort of emerge from it. Um, and the uh, I love, I've always been a big movie fan, big film fan, and um, it connects to sort of my belief in the power of stories um, as, as great conversation partners and ways for us to engage questions, right? But also um, uh, shared experiences that we can connect with one another through. Um, so we watched a whole, you know, the, I, I was been meaning we need to have like a faith in film award show now because we watched so many movies, <laughs> but um, uh, we've watched like Babette's Feast. Have you ever seen Babette's Feast? That's always one that stands out to me. Uh, that that's a great one. It's from the '80s, and it's a Danish sort of period piece. Um, it's and it brings in these really mystical sort of sacred dimensions of food into conversation, which for a Christian tradition, food and worship and faith has always been deeply connected. Um, so that was a really powerful one. Um, we watched um, some <laughs> some some films that are sort of very obscure. Like we watched this movie called Jesus of Montreal. 
um, which was a Canadian film in the 1980s. It's in French, um, but it's this really, it's the most powerful film I've seen about Jesus's life. And it's this um, movie about this uh, French Canadian uh, drama troupe that is uh, commissioned to put on a passion play at a Catholic church. And the story of how they, um, how they reinterpret the gospels and put on this play becomes very controversial. Uh, and so sort of the lives of the actor who plays Jesus and the other actors in the troupe who sort of take shape as the disciples and Mary Magdalene uh, sort of parallel the Jesus story and retell it in a way that's really um, compelling. It was really a great, led to a great conversation. Um, that's awesome. But I'm a big sci-fi uh, fan. So we watched a couple sci-fi movies like Contact uh, we talked about, you know, our sort of place in the universe and um, uh, it's been really interesting. And, and one of the interesting things about meeting on Zoom, uh, you would think it's sort of more, it's less personal, it's more impersonal and, and disconnected, but something about seeing one another in our homes, which we hadn't had the opportunity to do before prior to the pandemic really, um, and to just gather in a very casual way and to see one another in our context that we live on a day-to-day -day basis uh, really led to some deep connection. And, and um, I think we all got to know each other in a way that we hadn't known each other up until that point. Uh, so we've continued to meet on Zoom uh, in part uh, because we're trying to make it accessible for all, but also because we've enjoyed uh, that sort of intimate dimension of it in a funny way. Well, it also is, um, it's also interesting because like like you said earlier in in the interview um that your comfort space is your house right like mm. you're you're an introvert and you're like this is where you feel comfortable or that that is where you feel comfortable um mm. so people are i'm more willing to to do a movie night discussion and have those conversations and have like i'm more comfortable sitting at this desk or sitting over on a couch or like whatever and having that chat with people than I am like getting up and going to the church and sitting on a folding chair um, at a, at a folding table. Right. You know, like it's nice. There are benefits to this. Um, and then, and, and, and when you're able to have both things, then it's really beautiful. You know what I mean? Like when you're able to have the coffee hours and you're able to be at church and worship right. and, do, and do those things, and then also like, you know, have Bible studies and, and film studies and, and, and casual catch-ups and conversations and quick meetings and things like where you don't have to drive 20 minutes to, to have a meeting. Like it's beautiful. Right. And, um, and I think that's awesome. Uh, what are you, I, like, what are your hopes for the future for, for mystic and for yourself in general and for, for your, um, for your faith journey, uh, et cetera? Hmm. Uh, well, I think we're just in such an interesting place uh, for the church, not only our church, but sort of the church worldwide and church in America. And um, it's a time that I think is, um, it can be seen as scary as we're seeing or, or talking about decline and the church's relevance in society and in conversation with you know, all the other influences that we have uh, in our time and energy in, in our lives and in families' lives. Um, but I think it's it's really a, a time of opportunity and a, and a time to see where the spirit 
leads us and to be creative. And I think one of the things that the pandemic taught us and that we talk about a lot in our church is that we can handle change and we can do things differently because for so long that it felt really hard to do in the church. Uh, and our experience early in the pandemic forced us into a lot of changes that we had maybe been talking about or thinking about or trying some things that we had thought about in the past. Uh, and we realized that we can do them and we can do them well. Um, and so I'm really excited about continuing those conversations and those efforts to um, really sort of meet people where they are today. And I think that's um, one of my feelings about where I feel the church is called and where I'm called in ministry is to um, really think deeply in partnership with uh, people of faith in our context and to um, to meet them where they are so that the church becomes, um, you know, it resonates with them. There's a resonance with what we do as a community, um, both on a personal level, but also on a community level. Um, so I'm really excited about building partnerships in our community with uh, other uh, communities of faith, but also just other people in our community who are doing great work and want to be in conversation around justice and um and education and racial justice and uh, uh, and everything that we can be in partnership with. Um, and so I'm excited to, to do that. I'm excited that we are moving toward a place where we can be more hybrid uh, in a faith formation perspective so that um, we offer things where we do together, like you said, in person with coffee hour, with Sunday school, uh, with in-person worship, but that is supplemented with the things we do together in an online space and that we're making available and, and interacting with uh, sort of self-guidedly uh, in our week-to-week -week, uh, lives. Um, yeah. So I'm excited about all that stuff. I mean, I think um, one of my uh, real struggles, and I think it's probably a struggle shared by a lot of people, is um, is uh, what, what, like accepting who my authentic self is as I express it in a faithful way. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and it's often, you know, and for me, that sort of is shaped by my leadership in a congregational setting. Um, and so I am excited um, as I gain more experience in ministry, as I grow closer in this particular context in Mr. Congregational Church, to feel more and more comfortable just being who I am authentically um, as a person of faith uh, and to express, you know, all the things that come with that, that we all... Um, you know, that falls under under that for each of us. Uh, and I'm just excited to, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of great things that we can be doing together with our families and with children. Uh, I'm excited to uh, think more deeply about having an intergenerational sort of worship experience. Um, that's one of my, my main um, hopes for us that we will sort of build towards. Um, and just doing more things, you know, I think it's important um, that we create resources and opportunities for families to learn how to bring their faith home and to talk about uh, questions of faith, uh, matters of faith with their children. I think for a lot of us, and, and speaking personally, even as a pastor, it's sometimes difficult to do with our children and with our families. Um, and so I, I think it's important to have those conversations and to um, build those practices uh, with our families. So. Those are all things that I'm excited. For, I'm excited about and looking forward to continuing to do uh, at our church. I love it. 
I have enjoyed this conversation immensely um, and, and getting to know you a little bit more. I can't wait to, uh, to, to continue to get to know you in the future. Um, working with, uh, with you and, uh, pastor Krista has been, uh, fantastic. And I, I, I love Mystic Congregational Church. I think that, uh, the, the, the messages and the topics, um, and, and everything that uh, like, it's a church that I really believe in. And, and, and I think that the, the work that you're doing is something that I, that I really believe in. And I'm, and I'm so um, happy every Sunday to play the tiniest part in, in, in making sure that the people at home get that message and, and we love it. And, you know, we're, we're really big fans of you. Um, and I just want to say thank you for that. And, uh, and everybody can find out all of the information of how to get in touch with, uh, with Aiden and Mystic Congregational Church in the description of this video and podcast, uh, wherever you're watching or listening to this. Aiden, thank you so, so much. Is there anything you want to leave us with before you go? No, just thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you so much for all that you have done for our church and our community. You say it's a small thing, but it's a huge thing that has really saved us uh, throughout the pandemic. And it's just been such a uh, blessing to know that uh, what we're doing on Sunday mornings and, and other times is accessible for all uh, in large part to your help. Um, and your facilitation of that. So thank you so much. Thank you. Um, uh, uh, it is a small part and, and, and what you guys <laughs> do is amazing. So thank you. And, uh, and I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you on Sunday. All right. Thank you so much, Ben. See you soon. Take care. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please, please go check out, uh, Mystic Congregational Church, uh, Aiden and, and, uh, Pastor Krista, the Pastor Aiden, past, I, I never call him, he, literally, I had to change his name at the bottom, at the beginning, because when he signed in, he'd put it in, it just said eight, like, that's, it's the vibe of, of who these people are, they're incredible, um, they're amazing, please, please go check them out, and if you know any other, uh, faith leaders or, any, anybody else that would fit the mold uh, of this show, please let me know because I would love to chat with them. We'll see you guys next Sunday on Teacher Talks. Mm -hmm.